Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. Is that all the oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to this episode of Tea with Twiggy. It's great to have you here. This is a podcast where I catch up with friends and people that I find fascinating. I check that they're doing okay and ask for tips to help us stay at home more comfortable. My guest this week is someone I've never actually met before, but I'm a huge fan of hers. I became a fan from watching the TV drama Keeping Faith last year. It's set in Wales and this young lady wrote all the music and it's such an integral part of the drama. So I thought I'm gonna call her up and see if she'll come on my podcast. And I'm happy to say she said yes. She is the multi-award winning singer-songwriter, Amy Wodge. Well, Amy, I'm so excited that you said you'd come on my podcast. Of course, thank you for asking me. My pleasure. Now, I just want to explain to people that we don't actually know each other, do we? We don't. But I became a huge fan of yours originally through Keeping Faith, the series on television, Mm -hmm. which blew me away, the whole thing, and especially the music. So I got very into Amy Wodge. And uh, so I got very brave about 10 days ago and, and got in touch with you. To see if you'd come on. And you said yes. Well, it was, so I mean, it was are. so lovely for me because you did, you picked one of my songs for a, for a, a list of things on, on, on NME, right? And, and I got inundated with all these messages saying, Twiggy's picked a song of yours. And, um, and then I couldn't believe it. And so, yes, so I'm absolutely thrilled to meet you. Ah, well, it's lovely. Well, hopefully when all this eases off, we can mm-hmm. meet properly. 100%. But before we start our chat... As it's tea with Twiggy, do you drink tea or are you a coffee one? I'm a coffee drinker. My uh, daughter did want to make me a boba tea, which has been the big thing in our house for lockdown. Which just, it's well, I don't know. It just looks like a cup of tea with stuff floating in it, which doesn't is not appetising. I don't quite know what boba is, but it's like a little kind of little circle thing that my daughter, both my daughters drink, and you can get like boba tea in shops, but they're like I don't actually know what it's made of. But they in it, but it's like a normal British cup of tea with bits floating in it, which just didn't appeal to me at all. So I, yeah, I'm a coffee drinker. I am a coffee drinker. Okie dokie. So I know you grew up in Bristol, correct? I did. Yep. As a little girl, was it always your dream to be a performer? So when I was growing up, I think um, songwriting became such a huge part of my life from a really, really young age. I always say, I mean, I definitely was sort of ADHD. It wasn't called that then, but I definitely was. And I found, 
um, from about the age of eight or nine that if I wrote my songs, my feelings down in song form, that it made me feel better. And so I can remember being very annoyed by mum sort of saying, go and write a song when, you know, when I was in a particularly awful mood or being difficult. But I think <laughs> that kind of came first, this, this way of expressing myself. And I remember dad giving me a copy of Goodbye Yellow Brick Road and, and me suddenly realising, oh, people can do that. That's what they can do. They can write songs. So I think the songwriting came first and then um, dad uh, got me um, in a recording studio when I was 11. A friend of his had a recording studio and I just, that was it. I said, this is what I want to do. So, and, I, and I've never really looked back. That's amazing that you were that young. Did you play anything at that age? I played like keyboards and um, and sang and um, and then eventually I I started teaching myself the guitar. My parents said at the time, you know, we, we won't buy you a proper guitar until you've kind of learnt to play on a on a sort of a, a, a junk shop one because I think I'd gone through so many instruments and given them up. <laughs> and um, but I sort of stuck with it and I, I taught myself to play the whole Tracy Chapman album when it first came out and um, and that kind of was the the, the real sort of turning point for me and. And yeah, and then I got a record deal when I was 14 in Bristol and, um, and, and I've just done music forever, really. Never done anything else. How one, it, it must be wonderful, actually. I mean, it, it kind of happened to me as well, although I didn't, I didn't plan it that young. Mm. But to be able to, to have your career of something that you are so passionate about and love so much and probably lots of people thought, oh, you can't make a living out of that. Definitely. I mean, I think I was very lucky. I had parents that um, never said that. I think they kind of, they from day one, they realised that I, I wanted to do it and it wasn't just a fad. And so they, and I was such an alien in my family because, you know, everybody else <laughs> has got like a, a proper job. But, um, but they definitely, you know, encouraged it. And, and I didn't know the direction it was going in, but I know with my daughter now, with my 12-year-old, she acts and it's everything for her. And, you know, and she, she just did a, a BBC drama and things and people have sort of said to me, you know, how did you feel about it? And I said, because I know what it's like to be that kid that is just, is so sure. So within reason, I, I want to sort of do the same for both the girls, whatever they want to do. I want to try and help them do it. How old are they? So they're um, 12 and 9. Oh. So were your mum and dad in, in, in the theatre or music? Or? No, not at all. So dad was a lawyer and mum was a medical secretary. My dad is a massive music fan. And so I, we grew up with music in the house all the time. So he's, you know, has a pretty encyclopedic knowledge of music. Um, but no, not at all. So like I say, I was, I was a bit of an alien <laughs> in, in our house. Oh, that's so interesting. I want, you know, sometimes if, I don't know whether you've ever done any genealogy, you know, when you trace your family back, because often um, when you do that, you do find somebody, you know, down the line, maybe you're, great great grandparents one of them had some gene that kind of passed you know some musical my mum's um, side of the family they all were actors and singers yeah Um, because my 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 dad actually was although he he didn't ever do it for a living because he it was the 1920s and he had to go out and get a job because he had five younger sisters that he had to help support but he was a self-taught musician he played piano he played saxophone and so, like you, he, that we always had music in the house, although it was kind of 30s and 40s music. His, sure. his passion was the big bands. 
So I grew up with that and, and, and also he painted, he was an artist. And my daughter, I can paint a little bit, but I'm not very good. But my daughter is a, a wonderful artist. Amazing. And, um, so I'm sure that passed through from my dad. It is incredible. You can see sort of, you know, traits of your family. And yeah, mum's always said that her father and her uncles and aunties, they were all, they all played guitar and, and, you know, and so I think that's probably where it came from. Oh, okay. So there is a little link there. So um, I, I, I want to know because I became completely obsessed with keeping faith which for people who don't know, who should know, everyone's got to look this up because it's one of the best drama series, I think, that's been on telly for the last five years. I, I only came across it again through word of mouth because I, am I right in thinking it went out in Wales first? It went out in Welsh first, actually. In Welsh, mm -hmm. that's right. Yeah, so Eve had to learn Welsh. So Eve Miles, who was the leading lady, who was brilliant in it, I have to say, and once I started watching it, I became completely obsessed. And I rang all my friends and said, you've got to, you've got to watch this drama. It's absolutely amazing. And I've, I, I'm, I'm on the BAFTA, you know, voting board and I voted ev everything in it. You know, oh, that's so lovely. the votes came up. But the integral part of that show, apart from the story and the acting, to me was the music. And I, again, became... I think I told, well, I said that in the New Musical Express, I became completely obsessed <laughs> with the Keeping Faith music and I played it and played it and played it. And so when the lockdown happened and um, I just I just really got into your music and looked up new things and old things and um, and I, th I think everyone should watch that, that show and, 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 and listen to the music. But I think lots of people know you, of course, because you co-wrote one of the biggest <laughs> songs ever, I think. <laughs> Thinking Out Loud. Tell me about that. So, I mean, it's all, the whole thing has been um, kind of the most crazy journey, really. And if somebody had said to me, particularly, I think, with all the Keeping Faith stuff, which I'll say about in a minute, you know, has been such a surprise to me at the age of 44 to kind of for all that to happen. And, and I... Um, I was, you know, an artist for many years, for a good two decades. And and although I had sort of varying degrees of success, I came to the conclusion in my 30s that it wasn't the direction I wanted to kind of go in anymore. I, I very much wanted to start a family. And I knew that writing songs made a lot of sense to me. And, and I signed a, a really little publishing deal and I was eight months pregnant. And, um, and I said, you know, I just want to write with whoever you have, I, you know, it doesn't matter who they are. And just by some quirk of fate, the first person they sent was 17-year-old Ed Sheeran and I had to pick him up from the station in, in uh, where we live. And I used to have a shed in the garden that I used to um, write songs in. And and he came and, and stayed for three days and we wrote nine songs in, in three days. And I kept running back into the house and saying, this kid is unbelievable. <laughs> and um and we just had a very like special connection and so he ended up re releasing those songs and calling it um songs i wrote with amy so for years i was kind of songs i wrote with amy amy and um and his career obviously started to climb and at the same time you know i'm just very lucky that he sort of took me with him and so i had various sort of cuts along the way and then um he he and i hadn't written for about a year and he said will you come and stay for a few days I want to play you the album which it was Multiply so I I drove up 
um, to see him. And at the time, we had so little money that we were playing like credit card roulette because it was we had to like <laughs> it was like how am I going to afford the petrol because it's quite a long journey, <laughs> just so crazy. And and we spent sort of two days, you know, just chatting. And he played me the album and and he went for a shower and I started singing you know, when your legs don't work like they used to before. And he shouted down and said, Wodge, what's that? And I was like, I don't know. And he started singing, take me into your loving arms upstairs. Oh, how brilliant. And then his parents took us out for dinner and they and he said, we've got to go back because Wodge and I need to write this song. So we came home in 20 minutes, we wrote this song and he kept saying, this song is like incredible. And, and I just was sort of like okay yeah I, th I think it is but you finished the album so I don't quite know what will happen and I drove away that day thinking we've written a great song and and who knows and then typical Ed you know he went into the studio the next day cut it and then rang me and said it's made the album and then it was I mean I, I wonder you know even now sort of seven years on it's kind of or six years on it's still kind of had this crazy life but for about three years it was just absolutely incredible because it just it just didn't it was like a juggernaut and everyone said oh you've missed the Grammy nominations because it's like two years um it would have been nearly two years when we got the nomination and then we won and then and it's just kind of constantly you know and it's changed my life there's just no two ways I about bet it, it. oh well, tell me about the Grammys I've I mean I've been to the Oscars I've presented a few Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Times. And um, I've been to the BAFTAs, but I've never been to the Grammys. Is it mad? I mean, it is. I mean, you know what these things are like. It's very long. It's very, very long. And um, and I'm not I'm not the greatest at those kind of things as it is. I don't. I always say I absolutely love my job, and I love this. You know, I love meeting people, but I I not I'm not great at the whole networky thing. And um, and so it was pretty terrifying because for me, it was the first time I'd been to any big kind of awards, let alone be nominated. And so I was sat behind Adele and like, it just, it, like, it was just so ridiculous. And um, so I was very scared. And then um, Stevie Wonder was the person that presented our award. And Stevie <laughs> came on stage, I know, he came on stage and he had, and Ed actually gave me the, the you know, the envelope. And, um, and we were, you know, we were in the front row and, and Stevie sort of said, um, none of you guys can read Braille and you can't see who's won, but he turned the, the kind of page over quickly and I saw my name. So Ed's as blind as a bat, so he didn't. And um, I, and literally I just was like, oh my goodness. I had like 10 seconds to sort of say, I've won. I've actually just won. And then I, it's kind of gone down <laughs> in history because I got, I went on stage with Ed. I was like a, a blubbing mess, but he handed the, like the Grammy to me for me to speak and the Grammy disappeared into the floor and I kind of went with it <laughs> and like bowed with it. They cut my speech because they were doing a tribute to one of the Eagles. So everyone started booing. There was even a hashtag saying like, let Amy speak. But I always say, they you know- They cut your speech. Yeah. <laughs> I did oh, that speech. 
But I, I often look back and think, had I had a speech, what would I have said? Because I was so <laughs> overwhelmed. And um and it and it meant that I got to like walk down with Stevie afterwards and and um yeah, the whole night was utterly ridiculous and surreal. I mean it is I as I say, I've I've never been to the Grammys, but the Oscars are very, very similar. What what is was bizarre to me, I was presenting, I've done it a couple of times. Uh the last time was when I was doing a Broadway show and me and my co star went in to present uh one of the awards. And what's mad is you 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 walk round corners and you suddenly bump into Clint Eastwood or yeah. we were in the green room and somebody said excuse me I need the mirror and it was Cher and it was unreal <laughs> it's like it's so mad and then Shirley MacLaine comes in and says oh I need a pee you know it's wow. like wow it's absolutely and you just think this is uh, you know I'm from Neesden in North yeah and London, I think and that's is... the thing and my friends you know it's become a thing I, you know I live in Ponty so that you know my mates are all if I ever post anything they just put a hashtag not a job so everything is not a job <laughs> and and I, I think because because of like winning now I get to go to Clive Davis the Clive Davis party every year at the Grammys and that is almost more surreal because you're kind of in a pretty small scenario with loads of people on at dinner tables but you know, I literally was like sat next to Quincy Jones and, you know, Beyonce's like five seconds away. Then I'm kind of going, I don't actually understand what's happening. Actually, Quincy Jones is, is I know him a little bit. He's wow. so lovely. Is he? Right. Well, he was on the table next to me. I just looked at oh, him. Oh, he's absolutely good. I mean, he's really kind of normal, really. Yeah, most people when are, right? you think right? of what he's, <laughs> what he's done and what he's gone through. Of course. But, um, but it is it is an extraordinary experience for anyone, I think. One of my passions when I was in my 20s was Joni Mitchell. You're a Joni Mitchell fan too, yeah? Of course. The best song of all time ever written is Case of You. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah, I agree, actually. I love her. And I grew up I, I, in the 70s when I had my daughter in 1978. So in the 80s, I wanted her to get into Joni Mitchell. So we'd spe- you know... For four years, all I would play were Joni Mitchell albums because I, you know, I just think she's the. And actually, my daughter then named her daughter Joni. Oh, brilliant! Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> Which is a great name. It is. It's a gorgeous name. And and um, and so she's got one of her albums framed on Joni's bedroom wall, which is lovely. I love that. That's brilliant. And I named my daughter Carly after Carly Simon. Wow. Because Carly Simon was somebody I met in New York, and I and she's so, again another great lady, so cool and a brilliant songwriter. Absolutely, my goodness, what an incredible and songwriter! I always thought that was a a great name. So, um, so Keeping Faith came after the Grammy Awards. Yeah, a long time after. Like, I mean, a long time after. So, I mean, genuinely, uh, you know, what people don't really understand is that you know before I think lots. You know, I have a core fan base of about 12 people that have been coming to gigs for years and so now all the kind of the keeping faith thing happened and you know I've I've toured for years and and had a a relatively you know good size fan base but nothing that was ever going to sort of be life-changing and I was quite happy with that because I just got to perform a little gigs and and then um Eve I was in drama school so I did a slight sort of um, a little veer off the music path for three years because I went to Welsh College and I was doing kind of actor-musician things and Eve was 
uh, a year below me in drama school. And from the second Eve entered the building of Welsh College, everybody knew her. She's just, you know, she's that person. She's a great personality. And we've been <laughs> friends for just for years. And Brad, her husband, who played Evan, was in my year at drama school. And mm -hmm. and she messaged me, um, you know, four years ago and said, Wodge, I'm doing this show and I want you to be part of it. And I was like, well, what do you mean? And she said, I just want you to write some music. And I said, well, I don't really know how to do kind of incidental music I'm not very good at that kind of thing I said but I'll write some songs and so I met the producer and I was going to America to work so I said you know I've, if you give me the script I'll read the script and I'll write some songs so I did that over one weekend gave the six songs in and then if I'm absolutely honest kind of forgot about it because I was working and they were filming and and then I sat down to watch it um, in Wales initially and I didn't you know the Welsh language version I had been away for so I sat down and watched the English language version in Wales and and sort of said you know they've kind of done music videos for all of my songs at the end of every every episode I say but the music was so important to the piece oh, that's so lovely and you know faith song and here I, I mean here I go again you know the, one of my favorite lines ever is your line hearts will never get old enough that they don't oh, they don't break or you. won't break it, it, it gets me every time that oh. line it's so bloody brilliant and it's true and it just was for me as a woman like the female character of faith is so strong and and i suppose mm. you know i spend my life putting on probably a younger kind of mindset because i write pop and i'm writing for young artists and and with that, all of a sudden, I was able to just kind of write what it is to be a woman of 44 upwards and what that means. And so it was kind of like very liberating. And they didn't really, they just, and certainly when it came to sort of series two and, and I've just done series three, there's no sort of, it's like, can you just do... Oh, is that... Oh, yeah, that, is that it's, a, yeah. That's going to be yeah, a We've got to scoop, That's, Well, they've folks. recorded half of it. So, three. yeah, they've recorded half and then, yeah. Oh, the lockdown. lockdown happened. But, yeah, I mean, it, it will come. There's no doubt about it. Well, I'm really looking forward to when they can get back and finish doing Series Absolutely. 3. Good. Well, I will make sure they know that. They will be thrilled. And, and I have to say, like, George Clooney <laughs> tweeted about it. And that was, you know. Yeah, well, I... I... I would write about it all the time on my Instagram because I, I, I mean, I was literally obsessed with but it. But I mean it, Twiggy. It's been so incredible for all of us that, you know, that people like you've got behind it because it's just made such a difference. There's just no doubt. Well, it's so, and it's not, not only the, the scripts and the music and the acting, but it was beautifully directed. Yeah, brilliant. Well, Pip did a great so, job. You know, it was just a classic, a, a classy piece. Now, you've written with some amazing people, haven't you? Tell me. who. I mean, I get, yeah, I do, you know, I think ever since Thinking Out Loud happened, particularly the, the doors opened and, and um, I I had a, a, you know, long standing ambition to, to kind of go to Nashville and I ended up buying a home there because I, you know, normal circumstances, I'm there once a month and then I have a home in LA as well. So I go, go there as well. So most of the time I'm traveling and, and so, and I had a kind of a, a list of people in Nashville that I was desperate to work with and um, and kind of work my way through it, which was pretty amazing. So I had, a, you know, a, a Casey Musgraves was pretty much the top of the list. So I had a song on on the Golden Hour, which, you know, won a Grammy and and Keith Urban and the Dixie Chicks and all, Lady Antebellum. And then and then in L.A. it kind of flips because I get to work with 
all sorts of like different, you know, artists, pop artists, Camila Cabello, the Jonas Brothers. I got flown to uh, Mystique last year to do um, a camp for, for, with 10 people for the Jonas Brothers. And uh, that was that was pretty special, it has to be said, and um, and became really good mates with Brian Adams as a result because he lives there, and and um, so we kind of hung a lot. Um, he's he's lovely, he's just a great human. He? he sent me something this morning that he wrote for Aretha Franklin years ago, and I just yeah, I kind of forget just how amazing Brian is. At but he's also an amazing photographer. That's how I absolutely met him. I know, and incredible at yoga. It's kind of <laughs> sickening kind of sickening and he still looks really i mean he's you know don't tell him i said but he's really good looking he's he really is. hot no, he's got, he's he has a aged really well. lovely man <laughs> yes he he's gorgeous and and then and then in the uk i get to sort of do you know i don't work as much in the uk as i do in america these days but i do you know it's a very healthy mix of things and then in amongst everything i'm writing a musical at the moment and then i'm doing a project with um, Rita Wilson, who is famously married to Tom Hanks. And we're doing a a project called um, Sound of a Woman, which is going to be kind of a singer-songwriter for sort of like vagina monologues for singer-songwriters. And we're we're working on that show at the moment. So it's all pretty eclectic, and I I like it that way, really. So you said you you go to Nashville. Well, obviously, you haven't at the moment because of what's happened in the world. Mm -hmm. But um, you go once a month to Nashville? I do. Yeah, I wow. do. And it, yeah, so it's as a family, it's been, you know, the, I've said like the lockdown is the first time I feel I've been home for any length of time in about seven years. And so it's kind of been nice. It has. But um, I think that actually the way the, the music industry works these days, I think that so much stuff is being done in America and it's kind of pointless to not make your presence sort of, you know, known mm-hmm. there. You have to really put the time in. And and so we've worked it out that it, I kind of go and do a week or 10 days and then the rest of the time I'm kind of home. And my manager, Fran, flies with me, thank goodness. And, um, yeah, and, I, I, and I've got used to it, how it will be different after all of this because I've been doing the same job over Zoom. Um, but, you know, I, I do want to get back in rooms. So if you've what what's the flight to Nashville? It's about is it about nine hours? It's no, not even. It's like seven hours, and there's a direct now. It used to be hideous when you went went via Chicago, but now there's a direct flight, and you land in daylight. It's much better than LA. LA kind of does, yeah, that's that's a pig up. actually. I I did that. Yeah, but I actually I actually did some recording in Nashville in nineteen. 19- Hold on, let me think. Must have been. It was before I had Carly. She was born in seventy eight. So I did some recording there in like nineteen seventy five. Amazing. With these amazing musicians. Um, because I did some. One of my friends, bless her, she's not with us anymore. Was Donna Summer. Wow. Who I loved and adored. She was the most wonderful lady on earth. She really incredible. Was. And yeah. she took me in wow. the studio in the seventies in LA we just did some you know tracks they I don't think we ever released anything and then she had a mate who was in Nashville and she said you've got to go to because I love I love country and that sort of music so we went to Nashville it was hysterical I did an EP um I don't know whether you'd you've found it called Walking Disaster which I it was my sort of most recent release you know since all the Keeping Faith stuff and I recorded that in Nashville and and um and 
and uh, two of the Dixie Chicks did backing vocals. Ooh. I got all my I got all my friends in. I kept saying, you know, I'm not a big deal in the UK, and they're like, that's fine. And it was just extraordinary the level of musicianship in Nashville. I know. Well, I I, I think I can match you with a backing singer. I, I was when I was on Broadway. I did a big Broadway show in the '80s, kind of set in the. It was Gershwin, so it was gorgeous music. Yeah. And two of my friends, uh, one was the lead guitar, one of the lead guitarists in Dire Straits, Hal wow. Lindis, and another American guy. They, they'd written some songs, and so after the show, we'd go and do some recordings. We did a couple of good stuff, actually. And at the time, I'd met Carly Simon, and we were having dinner one night after the show, and she said, you know, what else are you doing? I said, well, I'm doing, you know, we're doing these tracks. She said, oh, I'll come along, I'll sing backup. I said, oh, stop it. Wow, no! <laughs> No, that's you've won. That's so <laughs> I've got this one track that is so it's like my favourite thing in the world. It didn't get released, and I can hear her so you know that voice. Wow, you can hear yeah. her, and I think not many people get Carly Simon. No, to that's sing amazing. Up. That's amazing. But it was so funny when I walked into the studio with her. I thought my two friends were going to faint. <laughs> yeah, they. I bet absolutely. <laughs> They were producing it, and, and Hal said, "Oh my God, this is unbelievable! It was amazing." So you know, wow. but that's what's that's lovely incredible. in America. Everything is possible, isn't it? And everyone, I think so. Everyone loves if you're doing things, and there's no not such a big judgment there. I don't think. I mean, Nashville particularly, because I think there's for me, you know, there was an element that I think they could have kind of said, you know, what's this one doing coming to, you know, Nashville? Why she? And they haven't been like that. And I've put I put the hours in, and I've bought a place there, and and as a family, we go there all the time. And you know, because I, you know, I I I do think that the best songwriters in the world are in Nashville, and I know it's made me a better writer. You know, I think, and I always say, I go to LA for sounds, and I go to Nashville for words. And it's the two things combined make me a better so writer. So you go to LA for sound, did you so say? For sounds. I mean, most of the kind of what the radio sounds like comes out of LA. And in terms of pop, you kind of need to, you know, submerge yourself a bit with that. But I'm so old school and I know that in the, I see my future very much, you know, I'm, I'm quite a good friends with Diane Warren and, and I want to basically be Diane, like when I'm, <laughs> when I'm, because to me, you know, people come for her, to her for great songs and she lives her life now and she's not trying to be cool anymore. And, you know, and I think that's, yeah, I, I, I see myself much more as an old school writer in the fullness of time. But what the other lovely thing about America, you know, if if you are talented, which you you're hugely talented, they 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 really respect talent. They love it. They love success. They love talent. And I agree. Um, you know, and I live in England, and I love England. I've lived in America, but you know, England's my home. But I think I think they're much more open to, you know, I, I did the the, the great disaster thing of being a model so in england it's much harder you know oh she's a model she can't do anything else you know whereas in america i got the chance to record i got to star on broadway i did films yeah because they don't judge you as much and if you can do it and put bums on seats and sell like you've so i mean how many how many records of thinking out loud sold i think it's 24 million Ah! i think (laughs) (laughs) there's only i think that we went diamond and that's that there's only like 15 songs in the world that have ever we went you know so it's crazy it's a juggernaut you know but it's the sort of song that will go on and on and because it is timeless 
And I yeah, bet I it's the so. one song that's played at every wedding, isn't it? Yeah, it's definitely, I think I, I, I write and I'm really good friends with Christina Perry and she obviously wrote Thousand Years and we have this joke, you know, that it's like between us, like whose songs, who's had the most <laughs> weddings? And I definitely was winning for a while and Thousand Years I think came back up again. But yeah, I mean, it's, do you know what? All, you know, all jokes aside, for me, that's extraordinary. That's something that we did in Ed's kitchen has kind of gone, you know, and every, you know, every time I write something that has any kind of, you know, traction, it, it's quite extraordinary. And, and I, I wrote a song with Camilla Cabello um, that she sang at the Grammys this year called First Man. And, and she sang it to her father at the Grammys. And obviously Kobe Bryant had, had passed away that day. And it was this incredible moment. And, and I just did sit and kind of go, I can't, I can't actually believe and, and you know, that I, I got to create that. And we wrote that in my condo in Nashville. And it's, it's pretty, it's pretty wild. Amazing. Now I just found a song, a new song. Well, I think it's a new song that I hadn't heard before this weekend. I played, when, when did you get old? Yes. That yeah, is, brand new song. It made me cry, actually. Oh, I'll send you the video because we had a little video done, a, a cartoon drawing. And just before lockdown, I played it on um, Michael Ball's show. And um, and we had like a massive response. And yeah, I mean, it means the world to me because I just wrote that about mum. You know, I wrote it about my mum. Oh, I was going to say, is it is it about your mum? Yeah, mum, you know, my mum's, you know, she she's amazing. And I think it's that thing of just um, being able to do these things when people are still here to hear them. And I was a bit worried when I did it. And then, but my mum loves it. And I and bet she every did. Time. That's so <laughs> lovely. So talking about lockdown, have you kind of, you couldn't travel to Nashville. So you're yeah. at home with your family. I am, but I mean, it's been, I think there are certain things like things have happened in lockdown that, that have never happened. I think that, I think that usually there's a real protocol of uh, record companies, management, you know, getting in touch with management and saying, can your, can you write with this person? But my phone rang like two Fridays ago and I let it go to answer machine and I turned it on and it was Diana Ross. So. <laughs> So that was that's my <laughs> might be my favorite lockdown story because I was just I can't believe it because she's been like looking at a song that I've written and so we had this incredible conversation and then and then Donny Osmond that he rang me and so there's been these like crazy things that I that I actually have never imagined would have happened during lockdown but have been like really wonderful and I think that's the thing that everyone's anyone who wants to be creative are just saying right let's just do it so that's been really good but well, I've been juggling the, the one great thing about recording if, if they've got the access to a recording studio which lots of these artists have in their homes exactly. they can actually can carry on working because yeah, you can precisely. do the tracks people I, I did um a track with uh, Richard Marks a few years ago and because uh, I, I did a, 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 an album that was romantic songs and we uh -huh. did a lot of period songs and things but I wanted to do a couple of um and, and, and I, I, I'd met Richard at somebody's party and he was really nice. So yeah. I rang him and said, I want, can we do a duet of it? So I did my bit in London and then he did his in Chicago. <laughs> it, it's just, I mean, so we, can, and we it, have... That's how a lot is done, isn't it? 
that's I mean, and I'm with Michael Ball. We've we we, we convinced him to buy sort of a microphone, and then my uh, friend, that, you know, I work with all the time, who's here on lockdown with me. He basically takes over control of Michael's computer, and we record the vocals, you know, remotely, and it's pretty extraordinary. And so I've you know I've pretty much work consistently but I think the hard thing has been that obviously we're still we've got the girls at home and so I I because I work predominantly in America my day doesn't start till about four so I've kind of had the the maths battle with my youngest for the majority of the day and then I have to sit down and, <laughs> and write a song and then the amount of times I mean they just walk in like the you know my children just it doesn't matter who it is on zoom they will just walk in and say well, mum I mom. need this Quite right. yeah yeah <laughs> I will never ever I take it for granted again when I have a long-haul flight with nobody asking me anything <laughs> And have you got into anything you've never done before? Like, I mean, are you a cook? Do you cook? Yeah, I do like cooking. Yeah, I so like I cooking. have done that a bit. We've we've got um, there's eight of us living here. So I eight. So my stepdaughter. Yeah. So my stepdaughter is he. She's come down and and then my my producer friend and his girlfriend are living in the caravan, the bottom of the garden, and my best friend Mark lives with us anyway. So there's you know so there's quite a lot of us. So we've got a, a book group. And I haven't, I only ever read on holiday. And so actually I have been reading a lot, which I've really, really enjoyed. And um, I've bought a sewing machine that's still in the box, but I plan on being an amazing sewer by the, but it's been in that box for like three months now. <laughs> and we've, and we've had a pizza oven fitted in the garden. Ooh. And I'm quite, I'm quite good at the old pizzas as good it turns out. Oh, fresh pizza yeah. like that is brilliant. Yeah, it's really good. I can't do that. I do love to cook and I and I've been but I've I've gone back to my knitting and sewing. That's what I love Fab. to do. And cleaning. I've I've found I'm a really good cleaner cuz yeah, I, I can't steaming. have anyone to help. No, well that's exactly um, it turns out that steaming if like, everyone in this house says, you know, if I've got the steamer in my hand, get out of the way cuz I'm going to steam everything. <laughs> Did you see Elaine Page's clip where she was cleaning the shower in her rubber gloves, singing Don't no, Cry For Me, I'm the Cleaner? <laughs> I love that. I'm looking. I'm going to look that You've up. You've got to go and see it. It's absolutely hysterical. How brilliant. But I love that people have kind of, you know, when needs must. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and do you know what it... You know, it's been a, a you know, I, I know I'm privileged that I can say I've had this opportunity to stop when there are so many people who are risking their lives and in oh. terrible, you know. So, you know, I'd never want to take that for granted, but I do genuinely feel like I've I've had that time to reconnect with the family because it has been sort of great. I have an amazing husband who just is always sort of holding the fort because I'm away all the time. And actually, it's been just really nice to be here and oh. and be mum. It's been good. Yeah. Well, you know, and also, like you said, I mean, I, you know, we we all moan on occasion, you know, and my hardest thing was not seeing my family. Of I mean, course. I'm here with my husband, but um, and, and friends and, you know, but it was my family, my daughter, my grandchildren. Yeah, my mum's you know, the same. Purgatory yeah, absolutely. Not being able to see mm. them. And I'm sure your parents are the same. Yeah, they really are. But it's, it's, you know, it's the people who are out there doing what they're doing, the nurses, the doctors, the people in the care homes, you know, people in the super, you know, keeping the country going. It's unbelievable. And what there is extraordinary what the nursing staff must go through. And you suddenly think, well, how dare I moan? Yeah. 
It, two of my best friends are on the front line. And, are they? And uh, yeah, my, my friend Missy is, is working. She's a COVID, you know, she's a, literally doing the kind of the first response things. And so, you know, it's a good level of just to realize. I say it know. puts things in, in because we all, you know, we all can moan. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, and the whole world right now is, you know, I, I found it so extraordinarily hard to not, uh, to watch, you know, what's happening in America and and my, you know, so many people I love are there and and um and I'd love to be marching and you know and it's just yeah it's been a, it's been a a really extraordinary time. What's been happening there is absolutely terrible. I'm just praying and hoping that something good will come out of it. Yeah, me because too. I think there's so many young people who are so angry about what's been going on and maybe this is the time to turn it around i mean i think that's what yeah. we're all praying for isn't it well i think you know there's an i keep saying to the kids there's a lot a lot to uh to like notice that's different this time and and it's about us acknowledging that i've perhaps as a privileged white person been apathetic and and you know think i i see myself as a extremely liberal and non-racist person but i've got to realize that i've actually got to to say stuff now it's not just enough just to go yeah i don't do i don't think that but if i hear somebody else say it i need to say right mm. you can't say that mm, exactly i bought from amazon a, a big um like uh, cinema screen <laughs> and for you know for like 20 quid and we go in the garden we make a fire pit and we've got a projector and so we've been watching and we've done you know, like the, the kids have been great, but we've watched Selma, Cry Freedom, Mississippi Burning. We've just gone back to back to back every Saturday night to That's have those brilliant. discussions, you know, and, you know, and I just and my kids are incredibly well. They're going to teach us. It's, that's There's no doubt about that. They're going to teach us. And haven't you been doing some kind of thing online with your kids? dancing or something <laughs> what's that well, we do, so i mean tiktok i think anybody <laughs> anybody TikTok? that's got oh my goodness anybody that's got kids between the sort of the age bracket of nine and 15 will know that their kids just twitch all the time so my two they it doesn't matter what they're doing they're just doing this all the time and so tiktok <laughs> is this app where you learn dances and they they kind of keep me cool because there's artists i've been working with that they know that i didn't know that's that are huge on tiktok so one morning, Nell convinced me and my best friend to do a TikTok. And then last week, Nell had to do a project, um, a volcano-like project at school. And um, and it was, ours was pathetic. I mean, we, we put Mentos in a Coke bottle and it didn't really work. So we decided that what we were going to do at the very least was like build a narrative around it. So we, <laughs> we put music underneath it. We all acted and it was, it's it's kind of funny. I mean, it, there's no there's no two ways, but it. it just resulted in her pouring the Coke bottle over like a a, a made sort of amphitheater. It was pathetic, but we managed to keep ourselves busy. My daughter's Nell, yes. That's my mum's name, was my No. Name. It's a great wow. name. It is. Well, she's named after Harper Lee because that was Harper Lee's um, nickname. So that's my favourite book. Oh, and, uh, yeah, so, yeah, so she's named that's after so her. That's so funny. Mm. That's so funny. So when do you think you'll be able to travel again? I don't I mean, my manager said to me the other day that, you know, we September, October, I don't know. I mean, I am starting to sort of make a few moves to go and write with a few people and um you know possibly a certain mr sheeran and i i need to i so i'm gonna have a test just to make sure i'm i'm completely fine and then just drive and then drive home 
And I think that might be the way forward. Slowly but surely, I'm just trying to think what's the new normal going to look like. And I do need to go and sort of check on the house in Nashville. So Mm. I really hope maybe September, October. I think there's lots of things to be positive about. I think treatment's getting better. They're definitely understanding it much more. And I think all the best brains in the world are all focused on that one thing. And when you think, you know, I was trying to explain to the girls, you know, when AIDS, you know, in the 80s, it was terrifying when that first happened. And now I have friends that live with HIV. That's right. So I think we've just got to, you know, they found a vaccine for Ebola. You know, we've got to be really positive. Yeah. Well, thank you ever so much for Oh, my talking. goodness. Not at all. <laughs> and, and we should have dinner. Oh, that would be great. When we're allowed to. Let's do that. When we're allowed to. Well, thank you ever so much. Not at it's all. It's been fab talking to no, you. No, it's been a pleasure. It's been so lovely. And I will be in touch as soon as we can, we're out of lockdown. I would so love yeah, to see you properly. Yeah, we will. Because I'm your new number one fan. Well, that means <laughs> the world to me. So thank you so, so much. And, and, um, and just take care and keep in touch. Yeah, we will. Oh, what a lovely lady. Well, I'm thrilled that I finally got to meet Amy Wodge. And very exciting, all her new projects that are coming up, especially the project with Rita Wilson. That will be exciting. And just hearing all the stories of that world and meeting Ed Sheeran when he was 17, absolutely brilliant. But, you know, talent will out. That's what I always say. And she is very, very talented. If you've enjoyed listening to Tea with Twiggy, Please take a moment to give us a lovely five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other people to find the show. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to this podcast so you auto-magically get the next episodes for free. And do tell all your friends and family about it too. If you want to connect with me, I'd love to hear from you. You can find me on Twitter at Twiggy or you can find me on Instagram at Twiggy Lawson. My thanks go to all the people that have helped this podcast happen. Many thanks to James Carroll and all the team at North Bank Talent Management. Thanks to all the team at Stripped Media, including Ben Williams, who edits the show, my producer, Kobe Omanaka, and executive producers, Tom Wally and Dave Corkery. The music you can hear now is my version of Waterloo Sunset by The Kinks. If you'd like to hear the whole song, you can find it and all the other songs I've recorded on iTunes and Spotify. So check it out. I look forward to you joining me for my next episode. So see you then. Bye. just heard a stripped media production.